So I'm going to disappoint some of you right off the bat because I'm not going to address the gospel at all. If you're confused by the parable that Jesus tells today, you can go back and look up my homily from three years ago because I remember that I preached all about that gospel on that Sunday. But what I want to do today is kind of take another little step, I think, from what I preached on last weekend. And I want to reflect a little bit on the state of the church that we live in and how that affects us and how we live our faith here in this parish in the universal Catholic Church. So to start with, the priesthood, the state of the priesthood in our archdiocese. So in our archdiocese, there's about 120 parishes, and we have about 80 priests in active ministry. And out of those 80 priests, only about 30 of them are what we call incarnated, meaning that they are priests that belong to this archdiocese, which means that 50 priests are on loan from elsewhere, from either religious communities, from abroad, like Father Jogi. And so the people of God, I know you sometimes get frustrated by the way that priests are moved around these days and how those moves happen. Right? Father Joby was here for two years. Why did the archbishop move him after two years? Well, because we don't have very many incarnated priests, what happens is that the archbishop doesn't have full autonomy over what to do with these priests because they are obedient first to their superior. So Father Joby was requested by his superior to go to Nova Scotia. And so they have an arrangement so that religious community promises to send Archbishop Smith a new priest, but a new priest from abroad. And so you're not going to make a new priest to the country the pastor of a parish, so they're made associate pastors in a parish. Well, there's only, I can count on two hands, how many parishes we have that have an associate. And the moment that you do that, you create a domino effect. There is a hole here, and so somebody has to fill that hole from here, which means that somebody has to fill the hole left behind. And the parishes, if you know anybody in parishes that have associates, it's a revolving door of associates. One, two years tops in a parish for an associate. I looked up stats today. In 1970, there was one priest for every 612 practicing Catholics. There are 612 Catholics. Last year, 2021, there are 3,313 people for every Catholics, for every one priest. Think about how that affects what we do. Even in this parish, before I got here, before the pandemic, there was a full-time pastoral assistant that looked after all of the sacramental prep. Constantine is no longer here. So where does that go? All of that work that was being done by him in the parish, where does that work go when we lose those members? Then to think about this reality and that, the way that that affects all of you and the way that you live your faith. What ends up happening is that we have larger parishes Right? because we can't have a bunch of small country parishes because we don't have enough priests to locate on all of them. So we create larger parishes, and in the city we create mega parishes so that we can have 
small amounts of priests for big amounts of people. But then you know what tends to happen. Even those of you that moved from the country into Camrose, Camrose can feel like a big parish, which makes it harder to get to know your parish community and to form community in those parishes. And then the complexity of how you operate and make a parish function because of that complexity, even just having a bigger building to fit more people, a bigger building is more complex than a smaller building and what it takes to make that happen. So when you have less priests, but you have lots of people, there's still work to be done. So then you hire lay people to do the work that used to be done by priests and religious. But you have to pay them. They need a living wage. And we're not used to that as Catholics because we're used to having priests and religious who need just enough to live and don't have a mortgage and don't have a family to look after. If you talk to any friends that are Protestant evangelical, they know all about having to pay a living wage to all of their ministers. We're not used to that. And so frankly, we don't do a very good job in the Catholic Church of paying our lay staff in our parishes because our finances don't really lend itself to making that possible. But we should do better. People should be able to make a living off of serving the church if that's the employment that they get. Then, because we can't pay, we rely on volunteers. We need more volunteers to do the work to operate the parish because there's less priests and we don't have the money to pay for staff to do the work. And so then we need to recruit many volunteers to do all of the things that are required in a parish community. But then we look at our parish. What do we have? Our parish is pretty indicative of most parishes. We have an aging demographic. And so if you're more senior, you have less energy and ability to serve in different ways. That's no slight against you. It's just reality. And so we have less of a big pool to take from for volunteering for certain things. We have a parishioner in our parish who's basically a part-time maintenance employee who doesn't get a dime for the work that he does. And thank God that he does the work that he does. Because if he didn't, we'd probably have to pay an extra $30,000 a year to do the work that he's doing in our parish. There's the need for that. Even our two ladies that work at the front desk, Corrine and Judy, there's two of them because they only have to work part-time. One of them has a full-time job outside of this. The other one is supposed to be retired. But both of them are working so that they're only part-time so that we don't have to pay them benefits and save the parish money. But is that a long-term solution? Then we have, out of that pool of volunteers, people live very busy lives, as I mentioned last week. And so the ability and the free time to give of their time and their talent back to the parish is limited and hard to do. And volunteerism in general in our society is diminishing everywhere, not just in the church, but in all organizations that rely on volunteers, volunteerism is going down. And then the sins of the past of our humanity have made it so that now we have more hurdles to make it possible. 
We have more laws and policies that we have to fulfill to bring in volunteers to make events happen. And that adds more work that we have another volunteer that does a whole bunch of work in the parish to manage all of the volunteers to make sure that we follow the laws and policies that are in place for all of that, adding complexity. And then there's the costs of operating the parish. It's not cheap to have a building where we can do what we need to do in the parish, because there's lots of us, right? And then the complexity of that building. When you had a small, small town parish, farmers could do most of the work that needed to be done to maintain. Well, I can tell you that for our farmer, the HVAC system in our parish is way too complex to be able to do it because it's all computer programmed to be able to do that well and efficiently in a building like this. Added complexities from all of this. Other challenges. The cultural composition of our parishes. Right? For those, some of you, the parishes that you grew up in they were almost cultural in nature. That it was Germans that settled in this area, so it was mostly Germans that were part of this parish, right? Or Ukrainian, or Polish, or Italian, whatever it was. That's not our reality anymore. Our parishes are multicultural. We have people from all over the world that are part of this parish community. And that's a relatively new reality in the way that we live our parish life. And are we very good at it yet, of bringing cultures together and sharing the faith together? Because of all of these different complexities, there's more administration that has to happen in the parish. And there's more distance between the things that need to happen. Last year, I put almost 40,000 kilometers on my car. And I'm not the highest among priests. Some of my priest friends are closer to 50,000 kilometers in a single year driving around for ministry and different responsibilities. Then we have the flux of our communities, right? No longer do you have two, three generations staying in the same place. You have people moving all the time, which changes the nature and the makeup of our community all of the time. And the last one that I'll throw at you is, we generally approach our institutions these days as providing us a service. And so sometimes people come to the church because it provides a service, right? It's a place where I can come and worship. It's a place where I can receive the sacraments. But what ends up happening, this doesn't pertain to any of you here, but those that just show up to receive the sacraments, now they're completely unchurched. They're completely uncatechized. And the extra work that it takes every time one of those people walks in the door of making sure that they're cared for, making sure that they're given what they're needed and catechized every step of the way about why we do what we do and how we do it and dealing with the emotions that come with that adds complexity. Why do I say all of this? Because from 1970 to 2022, 50 years, there's been a drastic and huge shift on the way that we live as a church. And in a lot of ways, we have done very little to shift the way that we live as a church. In a lot of ways, we're still living as Catholics the way that we lived as a parish in the 1970s. 
and it doesn't have an answer for a lot of these complexities and problems that affect us today. And I, so I bring these up because we are, as Catholics, managers, like in the gospel, or stewards of this parish. We don't come here only for ourselves. We come here and build a parish community for generations that will come after us. And so I put this before you basically like a challenge. What are we going to do together to face some of these complexities that have arisen in the last 50 years? How are we going to build up this parish community, this community of faith, so that two and three generations from now can benefit from what we do today? That's the invitation and the challenge. Because no one person can address all of this. And some of these are easier to deal with than others. But in order to be able to find the solution, we have to know the problem that we're dealing with. And so by seeing the problem, now we can work together to find the solution so that we can discern together the way that God is leading us through this time in this place to a deeper sense of faith for ourselves and for the generations that will come.